Good evening, everyone. It is Wednesday, November 20th, 2019, and you are here with your host, Dustin Clark. Um, Lauren will, I don't believe she will be joining us tonight, so you got me. (laughs) Um, So tonight we have an awesome guest and an awesome friend of mine, um, Brian Hewen. He is the one that me and him and Shane Church and a couple of others, we started our Bigfoot group, Southern Bigfoot Alliance, and I think Brian and I have known each other for about 10 years, so let's get it started. Brian, how's it going? Going great, man. What about you? Uh, stressing that I'm running this show by myself for the first time. Had a little crash course about 20 minutes before the show started, so... <laughs> You're going to be just fine, just fine. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, what got you into Bigfoot and the strange? And the strange? Uh, Bigfoot, yeah. you know, has just always been, you know, something that's been cool to me as a kid, things like that. And then as I got older, I was a little late to the social media game, Um probably due to my age or whatever, but uh, my daughter actually started showing a lot of interest in it, and we started watching shows and things like that, and Bigfoot movies, and and then, uh, so I started kind of picking up my my interest in it again, and then, of course, then I reconnected with you, and I found out that there's Bigfoot groups on Facebook, and, uh, of course, that just seemed so strange to me, and then me and you kind of hooked up, and got you know good with Shane and the other guys and then we figured we'd start our own group because we thought we could do it better than anybody and uh, <laughs> that's kind of how we got going I mean to be honest with you so and it's it's been one of the best things I've ever done so yep amen to that um, so you want to talk about your first uh, possible encounter um, I forgot where you said it was uh I believe it was in around Arbuckle with the rock rock throwing when y'all were out fishing. Yeah, yeah. So that was when I was probably thirteen, fourteen. I was with two of my uncles and two of my buddies, and uh, my uncle had a lake house there at Arbuckle. And you know, of course, at Arbuckle, there's no houses on the water. You know, back then, it's all cordland, so you got a good walk lake so we go down it's probably uh, it's fall time probably and we take a hike down there we're going to fish all night on this rocky point you know just catfish stuff and we're pretty poor so we don't have flashlights and lanterns stuff like that so we go down just before dark and it's one of those deals where you know we're going we're going to stay until morning and come back and uh we get down there and we got a fire going we got all the poles out one of us, and I can't remember who it was, one it was either me or one of my buddies that heard something walking coming down the trail. And you know it's that rocky trail stuff, you know, and you can hear it a mile away, somebody coming down it. And we thought it was strange, like, you know, who would be walking down here with no light in the middle of the night? You know, and it's just women up at the house, you know, my aunts and stuff, and maybe it's some other cousins. And uh so we thought it was kinda odd and we kept listening and then we kind of 
nervous teenagers, you know, started freaking out a little bit. So we started throwing rocks just to see if it would run off. And uh, it didn't. It just kept coming and getting closer and closer. And, of course, I'm not thinking Bigfoot. I'm not, I'm thinking there's some crazy guy fixing to kill us all, you know. And uh, <laughs> so we're still chunk, we're still chunking rocks at this thing, and then it finally stops. And I get nervous enough to finally, you know, wake my uncles up and tell them, say, hey, there's something something out here, or somebody, actually. And um, so they get up, and they're listening, and we're still – I mean, we're zinging some rocks at this thing. I mean, you got three teenage guys that, I mean, we're just burning it at it, you know. And my uncle, all of a sudden, he's a big guy, and uh, he starts picking up rocks and just throwing them kind of in a panic. And so that kind of freaked us out, and I ran to the water. I'm fixing to swim for it, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, the worst. Had another buddy run right through the fire, and um uh, I didn't think no more about it. You know, everything calmed down, and, you know, we settled down. We didn't hear it anymore. But it was it was years later. Matter of fact, only just maybe a year or two when I was talking to my uncle about that, and he said what made him react in that way was something threw a rock back at us. And see, and I never knew that as a kid. I just thought he panicked like us and started throwing them also. But he said that actually a rock came back at us. And so, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see how it could be a person. I don't know why it would be a person. And like I said, it was middle of the night. There was no light, no nothing. And this thing had to come within at least thirty yards of us. And like I said, we're and we're throwing rocks at it. I just, I just think if it was an individual, you know, they probably would have took off, or they would have said, "Hey, I'm just messing around. Don't you know, hurt me or whatever." But because they didn't know if we were armed or anything like that, you know. So that, right. that was my first deal at Arbuckle. So. <clears throat> All right. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, let's get into some of the stuff that we've had happen out at Bison, our uh, area in southeast Oklahoma. Yeah, great area. I'll be there this <laughs> weekend, actually. So. Lucky. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, you know, there was a big deal last year, you know, with the, the visual that Tim and I had. Um, and that would have been September 16th last year. So, Tim and I, you know, we was all down there that weekend. We had a huge group, if I remember right. There was probably, what, what do you think, 20, 25 of us maybe at one point? Nah, we, did the big, we did the big, no, we did the big open invite that weekend. Oh, then, yeah, we would have had about 20 or so, I believe. And then Tim and I were fortunate enough to stay one more day. Uh, we, I think we had taken off that Monday. Everyone else went home Sunday. And we had that area that I've been wanting to, to look at for quite some time. I kept seeing it on the map. We drove by it a few times, but never really went down in there to really look around. We, since then, have named it Camp Hardwood. Um Tim and I drove in there. It was probably, I'd say it was after 4, maybe 4.30, somewhere around there. And so we drove down, you know, that's an, a dead-end road there, or I wouldn't even call it a road. It's more of a Jeep trail. And uh, mm-hmm. it comes to a dead end. We we stop, get turned around. And uh, really, we're just, we're just looking. We're not really 
nothing's really on our mind. We're not really in investigative mode. We're really just kind of winding down a good weekend and just really just hanging out at that point. And uh, we get out, and I said, let's walk down here see how far, you know, this little trail goes, and maybe this would be a spot we could camp next time we come with the guys. And we take off. We don't have phone. We don't have gun. We don't have anything. We're just intentionally going to just or initially just walk down about 20 yards and look around. Well, as we're getting ready to go, this doe, she comes running right through us. I mean, just, I mean, she's running from something, not us, but she runs right by us. And so we kind of pause up and we start looking around. We thought we heard something walking off, you know, I guess that would be to our east at that point. And then it sounded like acorns or rocks were being hurled over at us. And so then we go in, we get into our investigative mode, and we're trying to determine what it is. And Kim thinks it's acorns. I think it's rocks. So we start testing the theory, throwing acorns up, throwing rocks up. So we then we finally get an agreement that whatever it was was a rock, probably an inch and a half diameter. And we heard that a couple times. And then we walk on down a little bit, and then that area has kind of a rolling hill to it. You know, it's uh, nothing major, but just a couple of little little rolling hills. And I was facing him and just kind of scanning with my eyes, you know, just not moving my head, just kind of using my peripheral vision. And there was a stump on this second little hill that was probably – I don't know, it's probably three to, you know, 36 to 42 inches tall, maybe somewhere right around there. And as I looked back at it, it was bigger. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd, you know. So I kind of turned my head and just kind of put my back to it, actually, and looked a different way and kind of refocused my eyes because it's, you know, the sun's going down this time. And uh, I come back around looking at Tim, and I see it again, and it's the stump's the original size. And I thought, well, that's, that is strange. And so I focus on it, and then i that's when I see this head just kind of come up behind the stump. And it increases in size, I don't know, maybe 15, 16, 17 inches. And it goes back down, it goes up again, and then slowly goes back down. So I call Tim over to me, and I'm having him face me, and I'm trying to get him to look in his peripheral vision i'm like just you know don't look directly at it but you'll see the stump i just want you to stare at it and tell me what you see i didn't say what i saw i didn't say anything moved i didn't say nothing just tell me what you see well i'm staring at him like i'm talking to him and when he sees this thing move his whole body shudders like i mean he he just kind of has this tremble to him and he's like, oh, my God, what was that? And I said, just don't move. Just keep looking. Tell me what it does. And he says, it moved again. And I said, what's moving? He said, there's something going up and down behind that stump. So then I, I fix over at it, and I'm looking at it. And this thing is at the ground, and it goes to the side of the stump. And it's looking at it. And then it goes back, and we hear some little bit of rustle, and it leaves. And then all of a sudden, we hear something bipedal, just 
just walking back to the east, and then it cuts around to the southeast, and it's gone. Now, this is this is where I, I've always said, if I ever get lucky and see something like this, I'm going to charge at it. <laughs> well, I did. I did not charge at it. <laughs> I froze in my tracks. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think that's what we say on the way to each trip. It is. It is, you know, and, and it's easy to say that when you're in your truck or you're sitting around a campfire talking. You can say all these things mm. that you're going to do. And then when you're looking at something that doesn't exist and you you know and you're and you're trying to process it, like it it shuts you down, you know, and even for us like I don't even think we told you guys right away. You know, we Tim and I had to drive back up to the hill because we were camping at uh, 1996, and mm. you know that's a long drive from Hardwoods to 96. <laughs> it's a, I mean that's yeah, a what probably that's a 45 minute to an hour drive on a slow rocky gravel road there, and yeah, we we were still trying to process it, and, and of course Tim's like, you know what we saw, you know what we saw, and I'm like, you know what, we're not going to talk about it. Like let's just get back to camp, let's hang out, let's cook. Let's go to bed. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Because I really struggled with processing that. Like, I just I, I just wasn't ready to admit, even though we've had the cast and we've seen, you know, we got the hair sample, all this other stuff, the sound, I just was not ready to admit what I just saw. And, I, and that surprised me mm-hmm. about myself. Yeah, it's – I remember talking to you the next day, and uh, it was – like I was excited and nervous at the same time, just listening to your story. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, it's yeah. It, it was uh, it was odd. I mean, you know, we we didn't sleep much, you know, because we were just we wanted to talk, but we just didn't. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it, it was an awesome experience, and I'm, I'm just glad Tim was there to to witness it with me. You know, because if I'd have been by myself, yeah. it would have just been another story. You know. Yeah. Uh, what color was it by chance? Um, you know, that's the weird thing. People ask me that. Uh, to me, it was just jet black. I did not see mm. any kind of reddish tint or anything like that. And even on the face, I couldn't even see any, like the whites around the eyes. I couldn't even see that. It was just, it was solid black. Like, I mean, just midnight black. There was There was no other color to it to me. Were, were you able to uh, like see hair, or was it just kind of a like an outline, just a solid black outline? No, no, you could you could tell it was hair. Um, I mean, you could see a little bit of the movement of the hair and a little bit through the hair, especially on the tips. Mm-hmm. But it, I could not distinguish between hair and skin or anything like that. Like I couldn't gotcha. see any really good details. I couldn't see like a. I couldn't tell you if the nose was, you know, wide or narrow or, you know, if it stuck out or anything like that. I couldn't tell you any of that kind of detail. I couldn't see uh, lips. I didn't see teeth. I didn't see anything like that. And we were probably, uh, I don't know, you were there. You saw the stump out later on. That's probably a, mm. that's at least 75, 85 yards, you know. So yeah. that's a good distance, you know, in the sun. The sun's setting to our back, you know, because we're looking to the east at this thing. So, I mean, there wasn't nothing in our, you know, no light in our eye, no sun in our eye or anything like that. But 
it was just it was just odd, you know. It just yeah. it was it was just different. I, I really can't explain it, and I, and I hate that because you know that's our job. You know what I mean? We're supposed to <laughs> be a little bit better investigators on this. You know, this is what we do. This is what we we beg for this moment, and then you get in it, and you're just like ah, froze up. You know, so yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting on that that moment. Um, yeah, so do you want to talk about your uh, walnut encounter when you were down there by yeah. yourself? Yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was that long solo weekend that I took down there. I don't remember how many miles or hours I drove or miles. It, I think I ended up logging. It was something ridiculous, like twelve or thirteen hundred miles that weekend. It was a three-day solo trip, and oh yeah, it was it was brutal. But you know, I, I combed that area so well, you know. And, um, but I had come down and see that would have been, you know, the original bison area that we mm-hmm. that we called it the original bison. Um, it would have been south of that area, probably. I don't know, ten, eh, maybe not even ten miles, maybe five miles south of the original bison road that we come in off off of but uh yeah that's where i was coming through and i found an old uh just an old abandoned jeep trail you know or side by side trail whatever been using it um and of course i tried to take that big truck down through there and uh, <laughs> i got i got pretty far and there was a uh a tree that had been pushed over you know, going across the road or falling over. I don't want to say, you know, Bigfoot push it over or anything. But anyways, I uh, I decided, well, I'm, it's, I'm in too far to just turn around and go in reverse out of this place. I'm going to see if I can't move this tree. And I jump out and start pushing on this branch or this, this tree and trying to drag it. And as I'm pushing it, trying to break it, I'm bent over so my rear would be against the front of my truck and I'm pushing down trying to snap this this branch and something just I mean it just popped me right on the top of the head so and when I say top of my head you have to keep in mind I'm facing down so it hit the the crown of my head so it's something that a projectile that came horizontal with the ground and as it hit me, I looked down and seen it, and it, and it looked. I mean, it actually stunned me just a little bit. I mean, it had, it had some force on it. But as I reached down to pick it up, that's when I heard something running down the hill. And so that was that was a little spooky, you know, when, when you're out there by yourself in the middle of nowhere and you get popped in the head with something like that. And I, you know, I still have that that walnut. I I still have it to this day. And uh, it it I was cracked. About to ask you about it, that. Yeah, it it cracked when it hit my old hard head, and uh, but yeah, <laughs> I saved that thing. But uh, so yeah, I was it caught me off guard, and uh, I went ahead and grabbed my gun, and then um, clipped it on, and then I I got the the tree out of the way, and then and then drove on in, and and got to the end there where I could turn around and check out everything. But I uh, I never did see anything at that time. Just it was all just what I heard that day, so, and felt, I guess, so. Yeah. Um, how about your, uh, the silhouette episode that you had with, uh, I believe, Stephen, or was it Kendall? Uh, Stephen was there, or, Kendall was there, 
Um, let's see. There was there was a couple of other people that was there that night. Um, but yeah, that was uh, you know, of course, Bison, and uh, we were in that. I guess well, you I'd call that a ravine, wouldn't you? I mean, we were in the bottom of it, high sides, mm-hmm. and two of us had seen movement at the same time, something going from left to right at the top of that little hill there. And it was just uh, one of those full moon nights, so it was it was backlit, very very bright. But this is, of course, before I had the visual last year. So this was within two years ago, probably. I guess yes. a year and a half, year and a half ago. So it would have been six to eight months before Tim and I had that visual. And um, I seen something that just it was huge, and it just walked over the top of that that hill, but. You know, we drove around that night afterwards, and that's when we ran across that. And we found that wild horse just standing on the side oh, of the road, just out of blue. And so I pretty much convinced myself that it was that horse, even though we were miles away from it. I just I had to rationalize it, you know, and had to put it in a box. And for me, that meant it had to have been that horse. But you know, and I don't even know if I told you this. I don't even know if we've talked about that incident really since. But since I've had that visual with him, I've changed my thought on what I saw that night on that silhouette. And I'm I'm almost certain it, it was not that horse. I, I think I think I saw I think I saw it that night. I'm I'm about ninety percent sure. Yeah, I'm about ninety percent sure that's what I saw because I just think for it to line up to be that horse. That horse would have had to have been walking mm. straight up and straight over because if it would have turned any left or right, you know what I mean, and I could have saw it side, yeah. that, would have, that would have blew the shadow up so much that I would have known that it was a horse. This thing was was narrow, you know, and, you know, mm. in perspective of what a horse is, and it went up and over. And then we returned there, was it probably three weeks, maybe a month later, and that's when I got Kendall to go up there and, and try to get a size comparison. You know, and Kendall's what, six foot maybe? Five, uh, ten, six foot? Yeah. yeah Somewhere right around there. there. Say six foot. Yeah, oh, he's about six nine, you know. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, probably, he's probably dang close to six foot, you know. But anyways, I, I had Kendall go up there and say, hey, would you mind walking up there and I'll stop you where I, where I saw this thing. And, and I think you were with us on this trip, right, when we – Went back for a size nope. comparison? No? Nope. I wasn't but there I, for I, either I, of those size comparisons. So I sent Kendall up there, and Kendall kind of walked around. And I was like, nah, I think you're about 10 more feet, you know, up. And when he went to where I told him what, you know, where it was, uh, he he told me that that was a trail, that he was standing on a trail. So whatever I saw was on some type of trail, which I, I did not know that night. I didn't, you know, I couldn't tell there was a trail that went through there, but it did go along the top of that ridge and then over the top. So whatever I saw was walking on some type of trail, um, you know, and that's just. How much bigger bigger was it than Kendall? Yeah, so that's the other thing is when Kendall was up there, the uh, vegetation was tall enough where I could barely see Kendall. I could barely, I could barely see his head. Uh, matter of fact, I think he even had to wave his arm a couple times just so I could I could see him. So whatever it was, 
it was probably two to three foot taller than Kendall and at least three wide of Kendall. But, you know, Kendall's not a wide guy, you know, he's, no, he's a slim fella, you know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, it was at least three wide of Kendall though. Oh, uh, <clears throat> also to go back to your, uh, the other sighting, uh, we went back and did a size comparison on that one, didn't we? Yeah, where the stump was. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, the stump. How, yeah. how big? Yeah, we all. Yeah. Um, you know, we we really couldn't gauge it because all we saw was the head, and mm. I've had a couple people ask me. They said, "Well, if you seen the head, you must have saw the shoulders sticking out." You know, had the shoulders had to be wider than the stump, and yeah, the the shoulders definitely should have been wider than the stump. But my problem was is when I saw the head, I fixated on the head. I never took my eye off of the head. I never looked to see if I could see shoulders on both sides of that stump. When that head came up, I was I was fixated on it. And then when it went down to the ground and looked to the side and you know, I saw the head again right there, but I, I never I never looked for shoulders. I could not I, I don't know if I was just trying to make eye contact with it or if I was still trying to, like I said, just process it and rationalize yeah. it in my own head of what I was looking at. Because, you know, I I went through everything with him. You know, I was like, well, was it a raccoon? You know, and, you know, was it a bear? And cause we thought, well, you know, could it be a bear scratching its back and it was just going up and down? And you know, and its head was popping up over the stump. Because that that was my first initial thought was, you know, how bears will back up to trees and scratch their back. So that's what I thought at first, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't that either. So I don't know, man. I, it's hard to say how, how big that one was because, like I said, all I got was the head. And then, yeah, you know, it, it, it snuck off. You know, I mean, we could hear it walking, but it was it was light-footed. I mean, it just it didn't make a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh Let's talk about uh, was it uh, rifle season two years ago when you were in Tyler were out there with the oh, howls yeah, that the, we got uh, on audio. The famous howl. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, and that's crazy. Is we're I'm going there again this weekend with Tyler. Um, I don't know <laughs> if we'll camp in that same. I don't know if we'll camp in that same spot. You know, because you know how tight that is there at the old well. But uh, the mm-hmm. old well is exactly what. Is exactly what we say. It's it's an old well. I mean, it's a it's a concrete well. We don't know if there was a house there at one time or if it was just, you know, I don't know. Maybe the loggers or something put a well there. We we still don't know why that's there, but it's it's definitely strange. And I keep thinking that little girl is going to come out of it and get me in. But <laughs> we went there. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you thought of it being there. It's creepy. And, uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very creepy, especially at night. So, Tyler wanted to go deer hunting, and me being the awesome dad that I am, I agreed to take him, but I want to take him where we go Bigfoot, and that way I can, you know, nose around a little <laughs> bit while he's hunting. And uh, I'm going to kill two two birds and one stone type situation. And uh, so I don't take a lot of, you know, equipment, but I do take a couple audio recorders. And... We get there, it's Friday, Friday evening, and no, take that back, it's Saturday evening, I can't remember, yeah, no, it was Friday evening, I guess it was, and um, 
we get there and get there kind of late, and we settled on the well. And of course, that wasn't our first spot. You know, we got so many places we camped in that place. And um, mm-hmm. so I told Tyler, I said, hey, you know, it's going to be getting close to getting dark. So when we get there, you just get your gun. You go hit the woods. I'll set up camp. I'll get everything. I'll just skip the evening hunt, and I'll catch it, you know, Saturday morning. So he grabs his gun, grabs his walkie, and he takes off. And he goes uh, straight south, you know, towards those, uh, you know, you cross two little creeks if you go straight south of the well. And mm-hmm. apparently, apparently he's, he crossed the first one from, is what he told me. And we're sitting there, or I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm getting the tents up, getting the tables up, and I hear something walking towards me coming from the south so i radio him just to make sure it's not him he says no he's already he's already set up somewhere and so I, you know a lot of hogs down here we've seen them and i thought man maybe it's a big old pig and so i grabbed the 30 30 and i load a couple rounds and i just kind of lean it there against the table and, and so whatever this is walking towards me it curves and starts going to the west and it's about a at least 100 yards, and, and the reason why I know this is because we tested sound there on one of our return trips where, you know, how far do you need to be in there before I can't hear you walk? And so we know it was within at least 100 yards. And I radio Tyler, and I said, hey, whatever, you know, is walking this way is now curved back walking towards you, you know, so keep your eye out behind you. And because uh, we're still thinking hogs. I'm even thinking hogs. I ain't got Bigfoot on the brain yet. And so uh, he confirms, and, you know, he says, yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out. And so uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm starting to get everything, you know, get firewood and everything laid up. And he radios me, and he says, uh, and, he, and, and you know Tyler, Dustin, he, he don't believe in Bigfoot. Bigfoot does not exist. He thinks we're, you know, goofy for even going out looking for something. <laughs> and so he radios me and says, Dad, he said, uh, something weird just happened. And I said, what was it? He said, I had a rock thrown at me. And I'm like, okay, you know, he's messing with me. You know, he's humoring <laughs> his dad. And I said, okay. I said, what kind of rock? He said, uh, I just had a rock about the size of a, between a baseball and a softball come flying at me, and it landed out in front of me and rolled across right in front of my feet. And I said, okay, you need to get your stuff and come back. And he's like, why? And I said, just just get your stuff and come back. He's like, it ain't Bigfoot. And I was like, well, you know, it's a rock, son, you know, so get your stuff and come back. And, you know, Tyler's a big dude. You know, that's that's not no, mm-hmm. not no kid. It's a man child, you know. He's he's 6'3", <laughs> whatever, 200-something pounds, you know. He's, he's, I ain't worried about him. You know, he's got an FKS. I ain't, I'm not worried about the kid, but, but I still am because he's my kid. So uh, he finally reluctantly agrees to come back and – and I said, you know, hey, uh, you know which way you're going? Because he, he had never been there with us. And he said, yeah. He said, uh, I went straight south. I'm going to head straight north. I got a compass. I'll see you in a little bit. So I acknowledge that. I set the radio down. And then that's when I hear something running. And I thought, man, what in the world is he running from? So I grabbed the radio. I said, what's wrong? He said, nothing. I said, why are you running? He goes, I'm not running. I haven't even started walking. I'm just now putting my backpack on. And I said, okay, well, it sounds like you spooked something, man. Something's running running this way. 
So he's like, no, you can't hear me. I'm too far. And I'm thinking, this kid ain't that far. He's too too lazy to go that far. You know, he, he's probably 70 yards. And uh, so then uh, we let a little bit of time go by, and I hear this thing walking towards me, and then it curves off, and it's I hear the footsteps fading away. And I'm thinking, man, this kid's lost. He is, he's done turning, going the wrong way. So I radio him up, and I'm like, hey, where you at? He said, I'm still walking towards you. And he's kind of getting annoyed at this point, you know. And <laughs> I said, well, man, I think you're going the wrong way. He said, Dad, I'm not going the wrong way. I'm, 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 headed, I'm headed straight north. There's no way that I will miss you. He goes, I'll, I'll hit the gravel road. I may come out you know, a little off, but I'll, I will find you. And I'm like, all right, well, it's starting to get dark. And so about 20 minutes later, I see a flashlight. And sure enough, he's, he's coming at me. And he pops out about, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 yards down the road. So I step out in the road and flip a light at him, and he comes walking down. And I already got the fire going and got the food on there. And I said, well, what's the deal with the rock? And he says, ah, I'm not going to talk about it. It ain't, it ain't Bigfoot. And I said, all right, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, the, you know that place, we've, we've heard howls at this place before, you know, all over Bison. And so uh, I grabbed an audio recorder, and I went ahead and hit play, and I set it down. I think I set it on my leg, as a matter of fact. And we were sitting there eating. We had a bowl of food each, and we're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the howl happens. And then the follow-up howl, and then the coyotes, and he looks at me, and he says, what in the world was that? And I said, well, I said, it's the same thing that threw that rock at you. And he said, there ain't no such thing as Bigfoot. So uh, now this this is where I made a huge mistake, and I hope anyone listening never makes this mistake. I, I put that recorder on the roof of the truck thinking I'm going to get some height. I'm going to get better sound. Well, I don't know what happened with it being on that metal truck, but it did not record anything the rest of the night. And that's when it got more interesting you know the the how that we've let everyone listen to is, is cool in itself but the story is way more interesting because this thing just didn't howl those two times this thing stood behind our tent you know maybe two to three hundred yards outside our tent to the south of us and howled all night long i mean every 45 minutes to an hour this thing's howling at us and so I'm laying in the tent. I got the I got the gun. I got the knife. I got the axe. I mean, I got it all laying out there, you know. And, and I'm just bright-eyed and just staring at the the top of my tent, thinking, you know, this thing's gonna come and just swoop me up, you know, and drag me off in the woods. But I mean, this thing howled all night. And then uh, we went hunting that morning. And you know, just to the north of there, across that road, there's that real tall ridge. That's way up there. I don't, I don't think any of us have walked up there yet, but Tyler and I got about mm-hmm. halfway there. And about 8.30 that morning, I heard that thing howl from up there. And then, of course, you know, that that could be the end of the story, you know, and it, it'd be great. And I call you guys and tell you all about it. And, uh, and then Kendall came down that same day, that Saturday, and stayed the night. And uh, we ended up hearing that thing howl again Saturday night. So for two nights... I don't know what this was. I mean, it it was 
in the same location. It didn't seem like it moved around much, but it it was agitated about. And the only thing I can think of is because we were there. I mean, that's the only only thing I can I think why it would do that just continuously like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, I'll try and put the I'll get the audio and try to put it in the either in the show not in the show notes because I don't know how to do that part but uh, in the Facebook group with for everybody who's in the group when we share this uh, I'll uh, put in the comments the audio and it's it's yeah. pretty awesome you hear the first two yeah. howls and then the coyotes come in and it's just hair on the back of your neck will be standing up. Yeah, it, I mean, to and, you know, the audio recording is, is great, but to be right there and hear that thing just, I mean, it just, I mean, you could almost feel it, you know what I mean? Like, it was so mm. loud. Like, I mean, you could just feel it in your chest, you know? It, it was, it was great. It was great, so. And, you know, Shane's got that breakdown of that audio. If you could link that in there somehow. I think he did a yeah, great job on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah I'll, the uh, one where he did actually, the. Actually, I'll yeah, probably put. The, go ahead. Yeah, he broke down all the different sounds. Yeah, yeah, that one there. That yeah, instead of just the raw clip, the one that he did that because it, it gives you a visual to look at, you know, while you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'll, I like I'll have him send that. Or I'll have him uh, put that in the comments. He, he's he's probably yeah. got it already queued up and ready. He probably is. He probably All is right, so, right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's tell everybody about the tracks we have found, and then we'll get into the ghost stories. Okay. You want to start with uh, Squatch Creek? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we, we joke around, and I know we talked about it, like, yeah, we, you know, we're dedicated, we're hard work, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that that all started with just a little bit of luck, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That was just a – that was just really a luck of – a luck on Facebook, uh, a, a great lead, timing was good. Uh, Tim and I was able to respond to that in a, in a, in a quick manner, and uh, – Got got there on the scene pretty quick, and checked it out. And you know, uh, the lady showed us, you know, what we were uh, what we were looking for, and uh, we was we was in shock. I mean, I'm still kind of in shock about it, you know, a little bit. And mm. that that place has paid dividends for us, you know, and. We found that was the day we got the two sixteen inch cast poured, and of course mm-hmm. we left pretty quick that day. You know that was one of those situations where I wanted to just get in, get get the sixteen inch cast, and wanted to get out of there and you know and come back at a later date and really kind of check it out. We really just wanted to get in there and get them and get out, and that's that's what we did. Um, we followed up with that several times, of course, and then we we lucked in on that twenty inch track and you know i remember that day that everyone walked by that track myself included i mean we we all stepped over it and didn't even see it mm-hmm. and then it was just a, it was another luck situation you know i mean i don't know the way around it I, I happened to turn back around and the sun caught it at a right glare um and it looked odd so i walked back and 
pulled a few leaves up, and there we go. We, we got our first 20-inch strike. And, I mean, that was just classic. I love that cast. And then yeah. persistence went off after that. You know, we, we hit the area so much. You know, all of us did, you know. You, me, Bill, Shane came up so much. Tim went down. I mean, we just started increasing our, our trips to the location. And, and sure enough, you know, it started paying off. And then that's when we got the, the big payload with all those, you know, that great trackway that we got. And I think we pulled what that day? Right. Nine, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, some of them bro- some of them broke because of the weather and the, uh, how cold it was. But uh, yeah, weather. We weather ended up, I think we got three twenty-inch tracks, and then I want to say four or five of the sixteen-inch. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember that. I mean, we got a bunch, and and like you said, we did lose a few. I mean, we tried everything. Mm-hmm. We well, we hot coals on them afterwards, trying to get that plaster to dry. Um, mm-hmm. which I, I think with that, that new product that I experimented with, I, I think that'll be better for us in cold weather, but you know, it, it was a learning situation for all of us, you know, and that's just mm-hmm. part of it. Trial and error, trial and error. Just, so I, I mean, we still came away with some great cast even that day. So, and I think yeah. we found a, somebody got a toe cast or something and then, you know, that's also, and we haven't spoke much about this lately, and I don't even know if we ever put the photo up for anyone to look at, but, you know, we have that possible eye shine off your trail camera. Oh, yeah, we we did yeah. get possible eye shine. <coughs> yeah, and I know I, I sent that photo to MK uh, just to see if he could take a look at it for us and um, kind of verify some things that we think, but uh, I don't think he's... I don't think he's had the time or he's, you know, he's a busy man, but uh, we haven't got anything back on, on that yet. And then also uh, those uh, first two 16 inch tracks were the ones that we pulled the two hair samples from. Yeah. And uh, I, fortunately I still have that, the larger hair that I think will probably give us the most information, but I have it tucked away in safekeeping. And then the, um, the smaller hair we sent off to Meldrum, and unfortunately he's has not had any contact with me now in several months, so I have not heard anything on on that, which is and we found that but what we found that last it would have been eight April of uh, seventeen, yeah, or no April of eighteen, yeah, yeah, and so, yeah he's, he's had all talk. What's that? I'm sorry. Oh, I was, I was, I was saying. So he, uh, and we, you sent it off like right after we found it, I believe. Yeah, yeah, pretty quick. I mean, I emailed him uh, pictures of the uh, 16-inch tracks, and we talked about that for a while. Uh, told him about the hair, the two, you know, reddish brown hairs that I found that were uh, unknown to me. I mean, they, they could be a fox hair. They could be, uh, could be a mink. You know, they're similar in that, that texture mm-hmm. to me, uh, but I just don't know why they were uh, pressed into the mud right in the middle of a 16-inch track. So I have to consider that. Now, if I just found two hairs laying on the bank, I probably wouldn't have gave it a second spot and would have just disregarded it. But since they were pressed right. in and they were pressed 
end of where we think that mid-tarsal break is, that was the other thing that was interesting. It wasn't like the hair was pulled out of the toe area or anything like that. It was right where a lot of people think that mid-tarsal break is. So to me, it, it seems like whatever made that track left those two hairs. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish I could have got some feedback on him. He said he had a report for me on it um, last August of last year. I didn't get it. I thought I'd get it this spring. I didn't get it. And then last contact I had with him was about, oh, it's probably been about two months ago. And uh, he told me to get with him on that following Monday, and I did. And I never got anything back from him. And I I messaged him a couple other times and still have nothing. So mm. it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's the way it goes in this field, I guess. So. Yep. All right, let's get into some ghost talk. Uh, uh, you had a house that you had a really cool ghost in. At least I thought it was cool, but cause, mainly because I didn't live there. Um, yeah, exactly. So if you want to yeah. get into that. Um, if, you don't, <laughs> if you don't live there, it's a great story. But if you live with this thing for several years, yeah. Um, you know, the ghost deal is, is weird for me because, you know, it's something that's been around my family as long as I can remember, you know, I, my first experience was probably I was 10 or 11 years old. So, and it's things that have always happened to me. And so this house uh, is in Yukon, Oklahoma. And I think we moved there in, let's see, my daughter was born in 05. So it was probably 2008 when we moved there. And uh, we just had little things at first. Um, I have a little bit of an OCD. I don't like open cabinets, and I don't like closed doors. It's totally weird, right? And so uh, <laughs> I would come in early. <laughs> I'd come in early, and the kitchen cabinets would be open. And I would blame my son, who was you know, a teenager at the time. I'm like, man, you got to quit leaving these cabinets open when you go to school. He's you know, denying it, and I'm thinking, why is he lying about it? But I'd come in and, like I said, the kitchen cabinets would be open. And uh, I'd go through and I'd close them. So it started out with just little subtle things like that. And then uh, I would start having things happen like um, I would be laying in bed and I would open my eye. I'd be on my side. I'd open my eye and there'd be this man standing on the side of the bed and just looking down at me. And, of course, I would move you know, jump or whatever, and it would just dissipate and and be gone. And that happened several times. And so, and people, you know, they'll ask me, say, well, what does he look like? Well, he's just thin. um, He's all black, no, no facial, you know, expressions or anything, no details. But the only thing that's odd about it is he's got some kind of hat on. And I I, I don't want to say a cowboy hat, but it's a, it's a, a big brim hat that, definitely extends past his head, but he's real slim. And so, uh, you know, I kind of put it off, you know, and little things happen, you know, we're eating dinner and the way the kitchen was is you walked in the front door, there was a foyer and on the right was the living room. And it was kind of a, a larger opening, like a cased opening. And then if you were to keep walking, uh, like you come in the front door through the foyer, there's a door that goes into the kitchen that had some uh, wooden bifold, uh, kind of like blinds, 
doors. And you go into the kitchen, make a right. You go into the dining room, and then you keep going right. And there's another big cased opening that goes back into the living room. So you could basically run a circle from the living room to dining room and kitchen for you. And we're in the living room eating on the couch, like that's just what we do. And I don't remember what we were eating, but it was something in a in a glass dish, like a casserole or like a lasagna or something. And we're eating, watching TV, and this glass dish goes from the stove all the way into the dining room and just explodes under the under the kitchen table. And we all just jump. And I look, and I'm like, man, it's, it's the dish. Now, this ain't like people say, oh, you know, did, did it slide off the counter? Well, okay, let's just say, yeah, one of the kids left it on the edge of the stove, and it slid and fell. Let's, let's say it would have went six feet, which we know it's not. A glass dish ain't going to travel six feet by sliding off there. This thing went about 20 feet. And, and shattered under the mm. under the table. So I made a joke about the ghost didn't like her cooking, you know. So it was probably <laughs> a bad joke, but it was funny to me. And, and we got to where we could joke about this thing. Like it was just, you know, the ghost did it or, you know, or something like that. And so, you know, we, we just clean it up and we go on about our business. And then I'm laying in bed one night and – one of the kids had went into the bathroom and left the bathroom light on and went and jumped in bed and closed their door or whatever. And we're kind of arguing about who's going to turn the bathroom light out. You know, a lot of couples do that. You know, we're, we're already in bed. Like, I don't want to get up. You don't get up. And I just kind of thought, well, I'm just going to be funny. You know, I like to be funny. And I, I said, uh, hey, ghost. I said, uh, why don't you close that bathroom door for me? And sure enough, that bathroom door slowly closes and latches and at first i'm just kind of like i'm kind of freaked out you know and then i kind of laugh i'm like hey thanks bud you know and and i just we just go to bed you know like it just happens but then um it started kind of ramping up once once we started acknowledging it i think you know and i don't want to sound like one of those ghost shows and know-it-alls but the more we interacted with it the the more stuff started happening and so uh, I was in the living room, and this is when it really kind of came time to, you know, we, we decided to, to move at this point. But uh, I was in the living room, and my um, my son had his cousin over who was, you know, at that time, you know, 12, 13, 14 maybe. And he's a little guy, and he's standing in the foyer. I'm sitting on the couch. He comes into the living room and grabs something off the end of the couch. And I see a man coming at him, trying to grab him from the foyer. And it was so real to me that I jumped up. I jumped over the coffee table. I pulled my fist back to punch this guy because I didn't know who he was. And as I'm pulling my fist back, it just disappears. And, you know, the little guy, he just looks up at me and kind of flinches. Like, I guess he thought I was going to hit him for some reason. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, nothing. And I started, like, play punching. Like, oh, just messing with you, you know. And he's just like, you know, you're weird, you know. And he goes off into the bedroom with my son. They're doing their video game stuff. And so I'm like, man, you know, like, what in the world is that? And so I, I sit back down, and I'm trying to think, you know, like, what did I just see? 
And I look over again, and I see this tall man standing in front of that wooden blind door, the bifolds. And I look, I try to get a better look at him, and he's gone. So then I turn my head back to the TV, and that little wing wall that sticks out there in that cased opening, I start seeing a head peeking around that cased opening. And I'm thinking, man, am I just like seeing some weird shadow of somebody out on the porch or something, like a weird reflection? And every time I look at it, would you know, like turn my head to look, it would dip back behind that wing wall. And it did this probably 10 times. I got up, I walked to the porch, I looked, make sure nobody was out there. I walked outside, looked around, opened the door, closed the door, thinking there's some kind of weird reflection. Oh, man, there's, there's just nothing. So I go into the kitchen, and my ex-wife now was in there cooking. And I walked up to her, and I said, you're going to think I'm crazy. And I was like, but I'm seeing something weird. And she stopped cooking and looked at me. She said, tell me that you're seeing a tall, dark man standing by this bifold door. And, man, my jaw dropped. And I was like, yeah. I said, uh, I have. I said, he, he just – I thought he was going to grab, you know, Austin. And she said, I've been seeing this guy for months standing in that same spot looking at me. She goes, and I've been freaking out, and I didn't want to say nothing. And I thought, man, you know, like – that that was it, you know. We were like, okay, it's it's time to go. There's there's something something going on, you know, either at this house or, you know, like I still think it's something tied to me personally. But um, something got open to the fact where this thing got real comfortable showing itself to us, and I still don't know if it intended to to harm him or if it was just it just caught me off guard because it was so real you know uh, I don't even know what it what it could have done to him you know and and he never saw it you know he had no clue like he just just goofy kid went on about his way but uh, yeah that was that was pretty much when it was time for us to to make a move and, and get out of there so didn't didn't you see him uh, as you were like taking out the last box or something out of the house yeah <laughs> yeah so I had a a friend of mine who, uh, you know, he had shared a story with me about possibly seeing his father, you know, a few weeks after his dad passed. And and so I kind of let him know about some things that I had going on there at the house. And, and we, yeah, we were moving over to the new house and, and I was there and the only box that was left was cleaning supplies, you know? And, uh, I was on the phone with him and I was carrying out the last few things. And he asked me, he said, uh, have you seen your ghost lately? And I said, you know, man, I said, um, since we've been moving, I said, I haven't seen him at all. And I said, um, I'm kind of worried that we may have packed him up and taken him with us. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we kind of laughed about it. And, and I'm in the living room, and I'm coming around out of the uh, out of the, out of the uh, den or the uh, dining room into the living room going towards that foyer. And there he goes. He, he's right there at the foyer by those bifold doors again. And he goes down the hall and just cuts the corner and goes down towards the bedrooms. And I'm on the phone with him at this time, and I and I kind of was like, I guess I, I exhaled a little bit when I saw him. Like it kind of caught me off guard when I come around the corner. And I was like, well, there he is. And I said, uh, he, he's going down the hall. 
And he goes, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, man, what are you going to do? I said, nothing. I said, I got the last box in my hand. I'm I'm out of here. And I kind of just <laughs> said out loud, I said, hey, you know what? This house is yours again. You know, have at it, buddy. And I <laughs> I locked the door and walked out, and I never stepped back in there again. So, And, you know, and we moved into the other house, and uh, I was there for, I don't know, maybe four years probably. And uh, never, never seen him again after that. So, at least not there, anyway. So, <laughs> um, you want to? Uh, I, I don't remember all of your stories, but I do remember when uh, that first uh, the SBA children's campout that we did. Oh yeah, when uh, you you and Jacob saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Crazy enough, that was at Arbuckle. So mm. um, maybe Arbuckle was just something weird to it. But uh, yeah, so it was me and uh, Jacob, you, and somebody else. I don't remember who it was. Four of us went out in the woods that night. And uh, I think we were just trying to get away from all the kids or something, weren't we? I don't, we just wanted to get out oh, yeah. for a second. And uh, so we were out there, and you and the other guy were talking, and and you know, Jake. You know, talking to Jake is always a challenge. Anyways, he's so animated, and you know, and loves telling you stories. And so, we're standing there in pitch dark, and uh, I can I can see Jacob's face, you know, not real well, but I can I can make eye contact with him. And so uh, he's telling me something, and as he's telling me something, I see something walk up to my left, his right side. And just pass pass by at a real real great not a super speed or anything like that, but whatever it is, it's moving, and it's it's tall and it's thin and it's white. It's not it's not black. And but as I'm noticing it coming, he stops talking and kind of flinches mm. to the right. And I and he keeps talking and I said uh I said. Jacob, I said, what, why'd you stop? He's like, oh, nothing. And I said, no, man. I said, uh, you were telling me a story. And I said, and, and you, you jerked a little and you, and you stopped talking. What was it? He goes, I don't know, man. He goes, I just had a feeling like somebody just walked up to my side and it's kind of startled me. And I was like, I'm glad you felt that because I seen it. And he's like, what was it? And I said, I don't know, man. I said, it was, it was a tall, skinny light. It was just vertical, and I said, and it moved from here to here, and I said, it went right by us, and it went right behind you and off into the woods. I said, I don't know what it was. I said, but when I seen it, your body reacted to it, and I was like, and that was that was pretty cool. So, but I don't I don't know what that was. You know what I mean? It was it wasn't a flashlight or a car or anything <laughs> like that, but it was just a. And mm. you and the other guy didn't didn't see it at all. You know, and y'all were standing right there, nope. so. I don't know. It was strange. So. Yeah, I just remember standing there, and we were we were lights out. We were it was pitch dark in there, and then yeah. me and the other guy, uh, we were just standing there talking. And all of a sudden, I hear you say, "What did you just see?" And yeah, Jacob was exactly. like, "Uh, uh, uh." <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, I think it just it caught him off because it was something more of what he felt than what he saw, and I don't think he really could explain it. You know, and he may have felt like he was a little crazy for saying that, you know, but I don't know, whatever it was, 
whatever it was he felt, I seen it. So, and mm. you know that kind of takes me to like the belief, you know, like we talked about before with you know the footprints and you know Bigfoot itself and ghosts and stuff like that. I think it's just it comes down to what our minds can process, mm. and even though we're looking at this twenty inch track in the mud, like it still took a while for that to process in our head. Like is, and I know you struggled with this. Is this real? Yeah. Like, are you sure this isn't fake? I mean, you asked me that like 10 times that day. You're like, are, are you sure? Are you sure these are real? Are you sure these are real? You know? And I'm like, I've done been down this road, you know? Like I, I asked myself that when I was looking at the 16 inch tracks, like, is this real? You know? And I, I think it's just, it's because it's not in our head. Like, you know, we see dogs all the time. So if we see a dog, it, it automatically processes that's a dog. But if you see like a ghost or a Bigfoot or a 20-inch track, I just don't think our mind is ready to process that where we can comprehend it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I have a 20-inch track. I have a 20-inch track not five foot from me, and I, I look at it every day because I still can't comprehend it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird, just, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost like I think for us to be better investigators, we're almost going to have to train our brain that that's a real thing. You know, like we're going to have to right. – and I don't, know how, I don't know how to do this by no means, so I'm, I'm no expert. But, like, we have to figure out a way to train our head to say this is a real thing and what you're seeing is, is not your imagination. It's not something mm-hmm. else. You're, what you're seeing is what you're seeing. And I think that will help us and help everybody, you know, when you're out and about looking for things like that, you'll you'll start to, to see it better. And, you know, I used to hear stories about guys that, oh, man, I find tracks every time I go in the woods. and Oh, I see Bigfoot every time I go in the woods. And I used to think, man, these guys are crazy. Like, they're just making stuff up. Mm-hmm. But what, what if they're not? What if they figured out a way to train their brain to acknowledge these things and, and process it faster? Whereas we're still yeah. in the mode of, did I just see what I thought I saw? You know what I mean? Like, mm. was that? No, nah, that couldn't have been. That must have been a horse. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah. want to fit it in a yeah. box somehow, you know? And and maybe some of these other guys have, have have reached that point to where their brain automatically processes it. Like, okay, what you're seeing right there, yeah, that that's Bigfoot. Or, yeah, man, that's that's a ghost. You're, you're looking at a spirit, you know? And... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I could be wrong. That's just my theory. You know what I mean? And you know me. Right. I got a lot of that. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let, let's change the subject on that real quick. <laughs> um, well, what what are some of the other creepy stuff that you've come across? Just in general. Well, yeah. Like ghosts, oh, I mean, demons. Man, probably the scariest thing I ever had happen to me was some kind of demonic situation at my grandma's house. And we could probably do a whole show on just my grandma's house and the things that happened at that place. Uh, her house was in South Oklahoma City. Uh, my grandparents moved here from Tennessee. They built the house from scratch. Uh, when they came here, it was just a... The builder had already started. It was a wood frame. My grandpa bought it, the lot in the wood frame, and he did everything else, the brick, the plumbing, the electrical. 
and I I don't know how the house is still standing. You know, my grandpa was no electrician, but um, <laughs> I had a situation there where we we lived about three streets over from my grandparents, and periodically, um, I don't know if, if maybe my grandpa might have been after one of his surgeries or something. Uh, we ended up spending the night there, and. My mom never drove. Like, she just, she never had a license. She never drove a car. I mean, it's just still to this day. She's 73, hmm. never drove a car. And I don't even know if you knew that. And so. Uh, no, I didn't. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, so we're we're there, and, and I'm 10 or 11, and I'm sleeping on the couch. And I start hearing this weird noise, and I'm trying to, trying to process it. Like, you know, what am I hearing? Is it a. Is it a radio? Is it a TV on or something? And so I would set up and I'd listen and it would go away. I'd lay down, try to go to sleep, and it'd start like this deep rumble sound in my ear. And it, it went on forever. And so finally I got either the idea that it was in my head or it was something talking to me that shouldn't be talking to me, and it freaked me out. So I went in the spare room and I woke my mom up. And I'm telling her about it. And as I start telling her about it, I'm I'm panicking. Like, I'm freaking out. And she gets up, and she's walking in the living room with me. And everyone's asleep. It's middle of the night. It's probably 1, 2 in the morning. And the house is pitch dark. And so we're sitting there talking, and my mom's trying to tell me, hey, you're just, you're just scared. You had a bad dream. You're just freaking out. I'm like, no, nah, mom. Like, Something's not right. Something's something's evil in this house, and she's kind of almost to the point of getting mad at me. You know, like quit being a baby. You need to go to sleep. You know, stuff like that. And it's really embarrassing to tell this story, by the way. But uh, but I'm still a kid, so don't <laughs> lie. and uh, so I'm 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 in tears. I'm I'm crying at this point. I'm I'm crying like a baby, and I'm fre- and I'm freaked out. And we're standing in the living room. And I'll never forget this. And she grabs me by my shoulders, and she kind of gives me one of the little shakes, you know, like the, like, you know, like I'll slap the taste out of your mouth type deal. And so she gave me this shake, and she goes, there's nothing here that's going to hurt you. And all of a sudden, the chandelier right above our heads just turns on and goes super bright white light and just pops. Mm. Nothing, nothing busts, no bulbs bust, but it just goes bright and it just makes a loud pop sound and goes pitch dark. And she goes, grab your coat. And we, we walked, we walked home in the middle of the night. We left right then. And I had a real hard time going back to that house after that. Um, my uncle, who was like a father to me, was on hospice in that, in that house. I struggled going there, seeing him. My grandpa passed away in the house after that. I had a real hard time going seeing him. Like, I only did Christmas there a few times after that because I just always got an uneasy feeling in that house. And and it went back way before I was around. I mean, that house is a little house. It's probably 1,100 square foot, if that maybe. And my grandpa, I mean, God rest his soul, he was not a carpenter either. But that had a bunch of bedrooms, so they had a lot of kids. And when the kids all got grown and moved out, there was stories that 
I had a great uncle that was a race car driver that passed away in Nashville, Tennessee. And there were stories that everyone would see this great uncle walk from room to room, just random, like just go across the hall from bedroom to bedroom, bedroom to bathroom, bathroom to other bedroom. And it got so bad. This is no joke. My grandpa took out two of the bedrooms just to eliminate that hall. Like he just demoed it and turned it into a big den. And that stopped it. And I, or at least it, it changed the format of the house or something, but either way, they, they never saw the uncle anymore after that crossing, you know, going from room to room. So I I don't know what significance that had to it, but, but yeah, it was so bad that, Hmm. yeah, he demoed two of the bedrooms and turned it into this huge, you know, it was a weird, it was like open floor plan concept of a house before that was a (laughs) thing, you know, he had it in the eighties, you know, which, that's something that's new now for houses or, you know, newer. But um, I had an aunt and a cousin that saw a lady in a white dress walk out of the laundry room and go right through the kitchen. Middle of the day, they're standing at the kitchen table. She come out, walked around the kitchen table, looked at both of them, and walked right into my grandparents' room. And just and they said that she had, a like, this huge, like, Victorian white dress and – and she acknowledged them. Like she looked right at them and they said it was weird because the dress was like flowing, like there was wind or something and hmm. had no idea. But probably the scariest thing, even scarier than my, than my demon situation was my grandma was uh, probably not the nicest person in the world. And she had a visitor when she was, she was somewhere she shouldn't have been when she was a young girl. Uh, and when I say that, she was she was locked up. And she had mm-hmm. a visitor come to her uh, come to her cell, I guess, when she was. <laughs> I think she told me that she was around fourteen or fifteen, and she woke up to a man sitting on the edge of her bed, and he started to tell her something, and then he disappeared. Okay. And you fast forward now to late seventies, early eighties, and the way my grandma's house was is no one used the front door. We all came in the side door, which is a glass door, you know, those little sliding glass doors that always came off the track. And um mm-hmm. everyone came in that door. Well, that was the dining room that went into the kitchen, and then at the other end was a sink. And above that sink was a great big mirror, and my grandma would wash her dishes and she would face that mirror so that she could see people when they pulled in the driveway and and came up the steps so she's doing dishes it's the story she told me she's doing dishes no big deal she looks up there's a man standing on the porch so she puts the pot down turns around and the man is three feet from her standing there and she said that her instinct was to just grab the pot that she was washing and hit him with it. And my grandma's a big lady. I mean, she's, you know, she's a big woman. And she grabbed the pot and swung it at him, and he just disappeared. Now, what she told me was is it was the best-looking man she'd ever seen in her life. She said he was just handsome, dark skin, cold black hair. He had, a like, a dark dark blue suit three-piece suit 
with like light blue pinstripes. And she said, she goes, and the crazy thing was, she said, that's the same man that visited me when I was a kid locked up. Mm. And she Mm. said, and I don't know why she goes, but I think it was the devil himself. And, you know, and I'm not a Bible thumper. I I mean, I, I don't read the Bible, but I've had people tell me that the devil is described as that, as, as being beautiful, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know how much truth there is to that. I don't really research that part of it because I'm just, like I said, I don't, I don't get into the Bible. But um, I don't know. It, it was just a, it was a real weird story, you know. And um, so many different things happened at the house. I mean, I would, I would love if I ever get into chasing ghosts. But you know, I'm focused on Bigfoot because that's what I love. But if I got into <laughs> that, you know, with some of the guys that we know and. I would love to go to that house and see who owns it now and say, Hey man, I just, I love to come in here one night and just <laughs> poke around because who knows? It may be dead calm now, you know, since, you know, my, both my grandparents are deceased and stuff like that. But I don't know. I'd, I'd love to go to the house and just see if anything, anything happens. So maybe, maybe me just walking into it could charge it up somehow or something. I don't know. Well, as soon as we get off here, I'll get in the truck and head over. <laughs> All right, that'll work. Come on. So I'll, I'll meet you there. Uh, so. <laughs> um, for everybody listening, uh, Lauren finally joined us. Um, so oh, really? that lady you hear in the background, it's because of it's Lauren. It's not a strange entity that's been following Brian this whole time. Yeah, because that kind it of is an entity. Yeah, I'm, it kind of freaked me out. So. I should have just whispered her name, just been like, Brian. Yeah, and then you would have heard you would have heard a grown man cry on your show, and that would have been just horrible. (laughs) It would have been shared so much, though. I would have never been able to show my face at another Bigfoot convention the rest of my life. That would have been horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so so Lauren, from from what you heard, do you have any questions for Brian? Um, so, and I came in, you know, a while back, but I didn't want to interrupt. Um, so I guess my question is, and I may have missed this part, but like, do you ever, you know, like bless your house or, um, do anything to like remove them? Or do you just like see them as like, okay, well that they're attracted to me. They're just here. It's whatever. As long as they don't mess with me, I don't care about them. No, like, I, I, you know, when I was a kid, that instance, I felt, you know, scared and, you know, freaked out. But, you know, in hindsight, I don't know if, if that was anything malicious or not, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But no, like, even even living with that one for those few years, um, I never felt threatened. You know, like, it was creepy. You know, you wake up and there's a guy standing next to your bed looking at you in the middle of the night. I mean, that, that will freak you out. But, like, mm-hmm. I've had other weird things happen where, you know, I had a friend sitting with me one day. At, you know, this is when I lived with my mom. and I was probably 15, 16 years old, and we had a we had a can. And, you know, cans will get condensation, and they'll, and they'll move a little bit. You know, they'll, you know, in the summertime, you get enough condensation, the can will actually float and move an inch or two. But we had one go across the coffee table while we were sitting there and looking at it, and we weren't high or anything like that. But then we, at that same time, something black 
dripped out of the ceiling on my left side and just kind of dripped to the floor. And we both seen it. We both looked over the end of the couch thinking, what in the world was that? But it was almost like a, like a big chunk of black molasses or something or tar or something. But it just came like out of the sheetrock in the ceiling and just fell next to the couch. But it wasn't there. But we both seen it. So, I don't know. I mean, weird things like that, but I just, you know, like I, I just didn't feel like it's anything that's going to harm me. And and I don't, as far mm-hmm. as like the house or anything like that, I've never done that. I've never cleansed the house. I don't, I don't think I'm religious enough to, to do that. I don't think I'm holy enough to do that. So I, I think I'd probably be making a mockery of that if, if you saw me trying to bless a house. Um, <laughs> I bet a ghost would probably laugh and be like, you know, who do you think you are? You ain't, you can't bless anything. So that's how I feel. Like when I first started doing it, that's how I felt. I felt, I felt like an idiot. Like I'm not gonna, I felt like a dumb person. I'm trying to keep it clean. I felt, I felt so stupid. I was walking around my house with this little, I think I had like a little sage stick, and I'm like waving it. I felt so. Stupid. And so after that, I would have my mom on the phone with me and I would make her stay on the phone with me while I did it. So she could like, you know, she's like, okay, now say it with confidence. And I'm just like, oh man, I, <laughs> I still feel pretty dumb. But then the stuff that happens to me in my house and the stuff, and I'm fine with it. Cause I'm like, like you, I've dealt with this forever. I see stuff yeah. all the time. Like it's just something that, like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and there will be a face right next to mine, and I'll back up, and then it goes away, and I'm like, meh, and I go back to sleep. But yeah. when it starts messing with my kids, I'm not okay with that, and I have little boys, you yeah. know? And I yeah. I remember being, I remember laying in bed and being so terrified because something was in there with me, and I cannot fathom putting my kids through that and having them, and I never told my mom because I didn't think she believed me. So, yeah the thought of my kids laying in there being terrified by something, I can't handle that. And so that's why I bless my house. Even though I feel like an idiot, I'm bolstered by the fact that I don't want anything messing with my kids. Yeah. No, I don't blame you. And, you know, I thought about, like, I've never spoke to this to my mom since that incident. Like, Mm -hmm. we've never had an adult conversation about what happened that night. And I don't know, maybe next time I'm over visiting her, just, killing some time, I might just say, hey, mom, you remember the time that that chandelier, you know, exploded over us? And just mm-hmm. maybe get her take on it, because she may be able to say, well, you know, like, I never told you, but this happened. You know, there there may be stories oh, from yeah. her that I, that I don't know, you know, and so there may be a lot more to it, and maybe it's just stuff that, you know, like my grandparents didn't talk about, but my grandma was pretty open about it, um, especially with her thinking that that was the devil, you know, that came to see her a couple of times. So um, mm-hmm. she was, she was pretty, she was pretty upfront about a lot of things with me. Uh, I never heard my grandpa mention anything other than, you know, him demoing the, the bedrooms for that reason. And I, I probably have other cousins that have never even heard these stories, you know, but I was always so curious about it that I, I like to ask my grandma stuff, you know, and then, like oh, I said, definitely. I had the yeah, the other aunt and the cousin that seen the lady in white, stuff like that. Um, I, I, you know, there's no telling. I mean, my like that house was so strange, <laughs> so very strange house. 
Yeah, I bet your mom does have some stuff, you know, that she'll probably say, oh, I noticed this and this. I just didn't want to tell you and scare you, you know. Yeah, that mom yeah, thing. She, she <laughs> yeah, yeah, she might. And she may know that, you know, maybe since I have that experience, maybe she just doesn't want to, you know, have me pursue anything like that. So maybe she just kind of kept quiet about it. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of interested now if it wasn't so late, I'd probably call her. But uh, I don't know. I may talk to her this weekend just to kind of see what she says about it. So. Yeah, I was going to say, get back to us. Uh, we can have a part two yeah. on all the things she never told you because she didn't want to scare you. <laughs> oh, that'd be crazy. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe be careful what I wish for. So. But, yeah, yeah no kidding. I, I, I try to avoid the paranormal stuff lately. You know, I just... I don't know, you know, it's just not a a road I've been really hard on wanting to go down. And I had a couple of people try to get me to do that. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know if it's just fear or if it's just kind of like I've been enjoying the last few years not seeing stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I had an incident uh, recently uh, at Renee's house in, in Idabel where I was uh, touched by something. But other than that, like it's, I've been kind of ignoring that stuff, I guess. And I think if you ignore it, you don't see it, you know. And uh, but once you start acknowledging it, it seems like it just cranks up. And but I had a situation exactly. where, yeah, this year, uh, Mac probably, I don't know, it was three or four months ago, I guess. You know, I was working at her house, and I had something come up, and I felt something walk up behind me. You know, like somebody was standing behind me while I was sitting in a chair, and and then it felt like somebody just reached up and kind of scratched the the back of my neck, right at my hairline, but not like scratched in a mean way, like you know, like a almost like you scratch a dog's ear, you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of that kind of vibe. And um, I don't know. I mean, and I won't get too much into that because that's a sensitive subject there. But it it was weird, and um, I just kind of you know, pushed it off and just, you know, didn't, didn't give it much more thought. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing about, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever really been physically touched by one and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, my mom has, uh, she was actually got into paranormal research before Bigfoot and um, she was in a, a house and I think they were in the basement maybe. <coughs> Sorry. And something touched the back of her neck. And I think the way she described it, it was disgusting the way it felt. Hmm. And it just sent shivers down her spine. She said, I don't remember if she said it was cold and wet or what, but she said it just felt disgusting. And so she always wants to know if anyone else, like other paranormal people, if they've had that experience, if they've been, you know, touched by, by an entity. Yeah, mine mine wasn't like that. It wasn't cold or disgusting. It it wasn't even um, it wasn't even kind of a a creepy deal. It was more of a, like a friendly gesture, you know, like like kind of like yeah, a hey, yeah. how's it going type deal. But uh, I try to um, I try to isolate it like in the house to to figure out you know where it is, and it it was so strange because I could walk through the house. And I could feel cold, and it was like as soon as I would get close to it, it would warm up and it would be gone. And I could go to like another corner of the house and I'd find the cold, and then as I kept getting closer to it, it would take off again. So it, 
I mean, it was like confined to a small area in that house, but it it would move from me. Like it didn't it didn't want me. It's almost like once it knew I knew it was there, it didn't want to be not next to me at that point. It was real weird, but it I don't I don't know. I can't really explain it. And you know, you we'd have to have Renee on, you know, and let her tell a little bit about that place. But mm-hmm. um, it, I mean, we have an idea who it is and things like that. And, there's a, something that she told me that that just was a dead ringer for what it was, and and so I don't know, but it, whatever it was, it just it didn't want to be around me once I once I acknowledged what it was. It did. It just didn't want to be next to me. So it was kind of weird. That is weird. Yeah. I mean, maybe it hasn't accepted it. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know, or maybe it just didn't like me or something. I don't know. It didn't like the idea that. Maybe I didn't like the idea that I wasn't afraid of it. Because so. I, I specifically said, I know you're here. Like, I felt that. Why, you know, why are you touching me? And I was calm about it. So It probably was like, you know, like, hey, well, this this guy's not afraid or something. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. But that was probably the only time I, I didn't try to bless the house, but I tried to, I tried to let it know that it couldn't be there anymore. You know, it was like, hey, you know, this yeah. house is empty. This house is this house is being sold. There's a new family coming to this house, and you're not welcome anymore. You gotta, you gotta vacate. You gotta go. But I don't know. I've I don't actually, know if it I mean, they they tell you like if you know don't if you don't bless the house to um to tell the spirit you're not welcome here. This is my house. Um, you need to leave and you know make it leave. Um, yeah. So I mean that's that's not a bad thing to do either. Yeah, I'd be interested to, you know, she sold the house and here recently and another guy moved into it, I mean, just within the last, you know, a couple of weeks, three weeks or whatever. So I'd be curious to, uh, you know, catch that guy and and see if he happens. To, I wouldn't want to say, hey, is anything weird been going on, you know, and put it in his head, but <laughs> just, to see, just to see if he says, hey, have you guys ever had, you know, this happen or, this, you know, just to, curious if that would that would come up in a conversation, but I definitely wouldn't mm-hmm. want to put it in his head and say, hey, man, you have anything touch you while you're walking around in the living room, you know? <laughs> but uh, freak the guy out, but we'll see. I'm, it's a small town, so I'm sure we'd run into him eventually. So. Like, hey, how's mm-hmm. it going in the house? Any uh, Anything interesting? Happen? He's going to think y'all killed somebody there. I mean... Yeah, or something just... crazy. But, yeah. yeah I, I'm not going to say anything, so I just... If he brings it up, though, then it's going to be on. That's for sure. So, mm-hmm. so we got about two minutes left. Um, Brian, what do you think Bigfoot is? It's flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. You know, I, I went back from Gigantopithecus. Um, you know, I, I was in that that field for a minute thinking that's what it was, but I'm still I'm still on the on the point now of uh remnants of ancient man, uh Neanderthal more specific. I I think it's I think it's closer to human than what a lot of people think. Um I think it's mastered the craft of avoiding us, uh obviously. Probably for good reason because 
current man just loves killing and destroying everything anyway. I'm not being a hippie and, you know, doing that mm-hmm. whole still. But I just think that I do. It, knows, it knows better than to interact with us because, I mean, we're just, as as a as a whole, we're just we're not very good people. You know what I mean? Like, we just, we do bad yeah. stuff. So I, I don't blame it, you know, for wanting to stay well hidden. So that that's my theory. I, that's what I think it is. Um, but I, I'm definitely I'm definitely in the flesh and blood group. I don't I don't think it's I don't think they came down in a little spacecraft and you know or they're <laughs> UFO alien pets or something like some people say. And they're you know little green man <laughs> leather hairy you know ape like creatures running around the woods for a few minutes and then go back to Jupiter. I don't I don't think that's it at all, you know. I, I think it's just uh it's it's a close relative relative to us. Uh more human than ape for sure. That's that's just that's my opinion. So, and I could be wrong, but I don't know. I think we're uh we're doing enough good work and enough research and enough dedication that uh I hope we uh have some real tangible evidence soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on tonight, Brian. Um, no problem. It's a pleasure as always. Um, and hopefully we'll be, well, actually in two weeks, we'll be back out in the woods as a group. Yeah. Um, yep. And... We will hopefully have a good episode lined up afterwards with some encounters, if all goes well. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on, Brian, and, and we will talk to you later. Uh, Lauren, is there anything right, else y'all. that you wanted to... No. Um, no, I, I appreciate you coming on, Brian. Sorry I couldn't get here sooner. And, right. um, you know, I really look forward to going out in the field with you and uh, getting the research with you. Sounds good to me. I appreciate you guys having me on. And hopefully we'll get something interesting. Like I said, I'll be at Bison this weekend, deer hunting slash Bigfoot. So uh, I'll have the audio recorders going, and maybe we'll have a, another round of that. So. Perfect. I'm, I'm crossing my All fingers. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, you too. Thank All right, you. you. Too, All right, we'll see you guys. All right. Okay. Good night, Dustin. Good night. Bye, everybody. Bye.